Welcome to the Equine Veterinary Journal Podcasts, in conversation. Hi, and welcome to the October edition of the EVJ Podcast. I'm your host, Rhiannon Morgan. Today I'm joined by Stephanie Varar, who is a team leader at the Division of Diagnostic Imaging at Utrecht University. Stephanie and co-authors have recently published a paper titled Caudal Cervical Vertebral Morphological Variation is Not Associated with Clinical Signs in Warm Blood Horses. And this can be found on the EVJ website. Stephanie, thank you very much for joining us to discuss your recent paper in EVJ. I'm going to start by asking what types of morphological variations in the cervical spine, specifically the caudal aspect, can be found in horses? Um, and are these variations predisposed in particular breeds? Um, yes, there are several uh, morph- uh, morphologic variations in the spine and they can consist of a shape or size variations. Um, these have been referred to as a homologous uh, variation or variations in numbers. Um, and these are known as transitional vertebra or homeotic variations. Um, and these shape variations, they have been found in the caudal cervical spinal forces at C6 and C7 um, and are more often found in warm bloods and thoroughbred horses. So have any of these morphological variations been linked to altered biomechanics and or pain-related behaviour? Yes, these shape variations uh, with um, uh, consisting of a shift of the ventral uh, plate-like extension of the transverse process uh, at C6, um, these have been found to alter the biomechanics and well, also be possibly related to pain. Uh, in in several studies. Okay, so what were the objectives of this study in particular? Uh, The objectives of this study were first to establish the frequency of these variations at C6 and 7 in a group of horses with and a group without clinical signs, and secondly, to determine possible associations between variations and the presence of clinical signs. And can you talk us through your study design? Um, what defined your case and control populations? Um, for this, uh, well, we used a retrospective study um, and horses that had radiographic examinations of the neck uh, at the Division of Diagnostic Imaging uh, of the Faculty of Veterinary Medicine of Utrecht uh, University uh, were retrieved from the from the records. Uh, over a two-year period, and other radiographic examinations from pre-purchase uh, horses that didn't have any clinical signs uh, were retrieved uh, over a three-year period uh, of the uh, veterinary center in Somere. Um, and that's the first group was the, the case group, and the second group was the control group. Okay, and how did you assess your your different populations? Um, the the both groups were uh, assessed by uh, residents 
and board-certified internal medicine uh, veterinarians and surgeons. And um, they did uh, inspection uh, for clinical signs of uh, uh, neurological deficits, uh, such as ataxia or abnormal movements or lameness. And they also performed uh, palpation to assess pain and muscle atrophy, uh, for example. Okay, and how were your radiographs assessed um, for the morphological variations? And how did you classify each um, variation? Uh, We looked at uh, the radiographs and um, uh, these were evaluated for the presence of uh, this normal plate-like extension uh, of the transverse process at C6. Um, And they were labeled as present or absent. And if absent, if this feature was unilateral or bilateral. And together with this, we also evaluated changes at C7. If we saw uh, um, small changes uh, that indicated the shift of this uh, um, plate-like extension to C7. Um, and we evaluated arthrosis of the facet joints at C6 and C7 as present or not present. So what kind of population of horses um, did you end up including in the study? We, in the end, included 377 horses uh, in this period, uh, and of which 245 horses had clinical signs and so these consisted uh, or made the, the case uh, group and 132 horses were included in the control group and had no clinical signs. And what percentage of the population did you find had morphological variations? In the group of horses that um, had clinical signs, we found 24% to have these morphological variations And in the group without clinical signs, 38% did have these morphological variations. So did you find the horse's age, sex or breed um, influence the presence of variations? Well, there was a difference found between uh, the groups, uh, the the control and the case group in age and in breed. Um, There were slightly older horses in the uh, case group and also more Dutch warmbloods. And so a small selection uh, was made in the horses so these, that these two groups uh, were matching better. And there were no further age or sex or arthrosis uh, influences found in this group. Okay. And were the morphological variations um, found to be associated with clinical signs that you noted, such as spinal ataxia, cervical pain um, on palpation or lameness, or even OA of the articular facet joints? No, we didn't find any association of these morphologic variation with clinical signs. And even more often, we noted in the horses uh, without clinical signs, these uh, morphological variations. Um, So this being said, the group of horses that had lameness uh, did not differ really from the control group in numbers of or in frequency of uh, finding these morphological variations. 
Okay, and this paper, um, your paper, found conflicting results compared to the paper from Deruyn um, that suggested that these morphological variations of C6 should be considered clinically relevant. Why do you think the two studies found um, opposing results? These opposing results could be explained by the different approach of the two studies, um, whereas the study of the Duran um, found uh, included all horses in one group uh, and evaluated the clinical signs versus the presence of variations. We actually looked uh, at um, a case and control group study. So this is a completely different approach. And were there any limitations um, of your paper? Uh, yes, the limitations were that the fact that all data were uh, retrospective mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, clinical signs can be lost, therefore. Uh, clinical details, uh, I should say. Um, and also the fact that the group of horses were from a different clinic. So we had the group uh, of the cases that came from the university clinic and um, control group that came from a private clinic that might have caused some differences. So what would your final take-home message um, for us be? Mm, the take-home message from this study would be that the fact that morphologic variations in the caudal cervical spine in horses must be interpreted with care and the negative effect of the presence has not been established yet. Okay, thank you. Well, Stephanie, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to join us. Well, no problem. <laughs> thank you. Thanks again for listening and please join us for the next podcast in December. Thank you for listening to this Equine Veterinary Journal podcast. More on the subjects discussed can be found online at wileyonlinelibrary.com forward slash journal forward slash EVJ.